Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean. Glad you are joining our program today, both myself and my co-host here. We are both financial advisors, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant. We spend our weekdays with people like yourself and broadcast on the weekends to be your financial advisors on the air. We're talking about essentially just about anything related to finances. And um, love to take your call. I, the, the financial markets this year... They're always a little bizarre. They always go their own directions. No one could ever predict where they're going to go. But some of the swings that, in some particular companies, are just mind. Oh, Scott, it is absolutely fascinating to me. Um, these how Reddit and pump and dump scams have actually gone mainstream. Which uh, you're like, what's pump and dump, <laughs> right? Uh, Pump up that stock. Let's get excited about it. Let's get other people to buy it. Let's get that price up. Right. And Uh, then let's be the first ones to sell. So The Wolf of Wall Street, (laughs) by the way, I'm not recommending movie, but The Wolf of Wall Street is about a pump and dump scheme. Um, That's what it is about. And it feels like this is just uh, what people are doing on. um, So, 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 So in the last six months, we've seen two things emerge that would have been absolutely. And then the use of the SPACs, which is the special purpose acquisition company which is companies that go public without any financials behind them. Just give us money and we promise to invest them. And why do they do this? Why wouldn't a company, so they go out and raise these, money. This, this, I saw, it was funny. I had some, an email exchange with a friend this week about it. He, he kind of was joking like, when are you going to use the SPAC to take Allworth public? And I, I replied to him. I said, I believe I said I said SPACs are going to end poorly for most investors. It's just going to be a transfer from of wealth from uh, middle class investors, individual investors to uh, well connected uh, rich people, and, <laughs> and oftentimes and now, celebrities. Celebrities oftentimes now celebrities. So there's this the, the things that have come out in the last six months. What I find SPACs. I find absolutely amazing, which is how these things kind of emerge and then kind of go mainstream. And one is the pump and dump. And you see it with shares like GameStop and uh, the AMC, AMC or whatever the next one is. It's all the, noise. You're not going to, by the way, it's not a good way to, you're not going right. to create wealth there. You're not going to protect wealth. A friend of mine called and asked, should I invest in this? I said, don't confuse it. It's not investing. It's speculating. Is I got that- a text Sunday, a week ago, Sunday morning from a friend of mine. I, I, I thought it was a joke. What do you? Th- what is your prediction on the future of uh, GameStop? Oh, you're kind of like okay. I have a feeling his son wanted me to ask. Yeah, well, you need to get better friends. Oh, I, uh, I never talked to him again. I ghosted him. I deleted his contact, blocked him. him. I ghosted him. You're the first 55 year old that's used the word ghost. <laughs> it's probably no one probably uses it anymore, right? right. <laughs> My him. kids will probably look at me weird. Like and this SPACs. So what happens is these special purpose acquisition companies they go public, and the reason it's a it's a backdoor way to go public. Because if they did it with a real company that actually had poor financials, they'd have to disclose it. All kinds of disclosures. And they're like, we Millions really, of dollars in regulatory costs. We don't really have to disclose anything. We're just going to raise the money to then go buy a company and put it inside. And it doesn't matter how big of a piece of garbage this company is that we're putting in there. We don't have to disclose like it to the investors. Like $70 billion have been uh, raised through spe- special... Crazy purpose so, acquisition acquisition. Not to say that they're all bad. No, and there'll but, be some good companies in them. Our, the reason we don't like them is lack of visibility and disclosure. You're putting money. You're just on some end of end. The the financial rewards to the sponsors of them, the people that create them, 20 percent of uh, the right off the top. Uh, right, I mean, it's massive. They, they just take it. It's a huge so, payday. Uh, the way I for like the to, founders. Of so it. the way I like to describe it is. Your neighbor comes over and says, hey, I got this great idea. I can't tell you what it is. And I want you to give me 100000 Oh, by the way, only 80000 of that 100 is actually going to get invested. The twenty grand i am just going to keep for myself because I'm a great guy. Because I'm going to find this great opportunity. But I want you, your neighbor says, I'm going to give me the hundred grand, but don't worry about it. 
I'll buy something good. I can't tell you what it is. I can't tell you whether it's going to make a return or not. I can't even tell you the industry it's in. Well, they maybe can tell the industry, but it's going to do and what well. The plans are. Would you? Would you give a hundred grand to your no, neighbor with that I wouldn't, story? I wouldn't put a dime in a special acquisition company. Okay. Special right. purpose but acquisition it's a, company. It's an interesting world. There's too many other great investment options. Why would I have to go to something like that? Let's hope that they've picked something good. And their momentum. Remember, stock prices over the long term are driven by earnings. Not stories. Earnings. Any business. Whether it's a publicly traded one or it's the corner gas station. Long term the value is going to be based upon earnings. Yes. And what kind of regulatory burden the government might throw on top of it. The same friend, the same friend asked me, so do you what do you think about GameStop? And I said to him, "You own your own business, right?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "You're focusing on the wrong thing." He said, "What are you talking about?" I said, "You should be focusing on your business and how to make that better and less on GameStop and how you If you get think rich you're there. going to go to the financial markets to get rich, you won't. The financial markets are a place to store your wealth. Not to get, I mean, you look at the Fortune 400 top wealthiest people, how many of them are tr day traders? A few. Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, there's funds a few. In there. There's a few. But they use, actually, the hedge funds even use leverage. But I most of those hedge fund guys don't do well either. Yes. <laughs> Let's so. be real. So. If you'd like to join the show, you're welcome to join us at, what's our phone number? 833-99-WORK. <laughs> 833-99. 999-6784. We're going to go to your calls. Yeah, we're talking with Scott. Scott, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings from Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, good. Hi, Scott. What can we do for you? Question. Uh, um, the company that I work for uh, is probably going to be sold this year, and I'm going to come into a bit of money as a result of that, probably between... Six hundred fifty and seven hundred thousand dollars. Is uh, that is that? Are you a equity owner now, or some stock options? Yes. Or okay. Yes. It, yeah, it's equity in a partnership. Okay. And really, the short question is, I want to know what to do with it. So uh, my situation is this: I'm fifty six years old, married, have uh, two non dependent children, um, grown. Um, the only debt that I have is a mortgage. Uh, owe about ninety thousand dollars on a home that's worth about four twenty-five, and literally no other debts at all. So I presume I should pay the mortgage off. Correct. Right? Do you want to double check that? Correct. I um, would. I mean, yep. yep. Pay it off. And what to do with the rest of it? Uh, what do you What do you have in a four hundred one k? About six hundred thousand. And any other IRAs or other retirement saving? Uh, no. Will you have any pension income? Will you have another job after this company sold? Yes, I will. Uh, nothing should change as far as that goes. And does okay. your spouse have money in a 401k or IRA? Uh, she does not. And what's your uh, annual income, Ballpark? Uh, together, uh, about 330k. And what was your income five years ago or 10 years ago? Still somewhere in that range, or has it been dramatically different the last few years? Uh. It's been dramatically different the last couple okay. of years. I mean, 10 years ago, uh, it's probably uh, 125K. Okay. okay, got it. And, and when was the last child, uh, did they go off the support system called mom and dad? <laughs> uh, they both still live at home, but they're completely you know, independent. Other than food and the utilities and your wife's so doing their what laundry. We're trying right. to, so the reason we're asking these questions about your history is – how, how prepared are you for retirement, right? right? So if you told me you were making two fifty ten years ago, I'm, we're like, you're 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 wholly unprepared. You're in real trouble if you're used to making one twenty five. So based on this three thirty salary, you should push all of this into a brokerage account. Pretend you don't have it. Invest it for retirement. So when you say, let's say it's seven hundred, you're going to lose a third of that uh, in taxes, assuming Maybe it's not long term. Quite, but Capital gains, and yep. I don't know what the taxes are in the state of Georgia. Uh, so assume about a third of that. So probably a little less, but yeah, you oh. probably you might have some cost basis too. Yep. So, so let's say it's five hundred. You're going to take ninety thousand, pay off the mortgage. Now you're down to about four hundred thousand. Then the question is, how do we invest that four hundred thousand? You invest it for retirement, but you do it in a brokerage yep. account. You maximize both your four hundred one ks, particularly at this high in income level. You want to make sure you're. You're maximizing your both your 401ks. You want to fund Roth IRAs. 
both you and your spouse. Okay. And then the rest of it, you're going to invest as tax efficiently as you possibly can towards retirement. How much can I put into a Roth? You'd have to do a back. You'd have to do a, what's called a backdoor Roth IRA. Do you have any other IRAs? No. So you can this be, between now and April fifteenth. You can put it. Was it six thousand dollars or seven thousand? Uh, he's fifty six. So I think it's sixty five. Seven thousand. Seven thousand for two thousand and. 20 and 7,000 for 2021 and then explain how the so what happens is when you put the money in you're going to put it into a non-deductible IRA so you're not going to get a tax deduction you're going to do it for both you and your spouse and then the very next day you're going to convert it to a Roth IRA and because there's been no gain in that there's no tax in that conversion if you just left it in the non-deductible IRA which would be fine the money any gain that comes out when you take the withdrawal, it would be taxable. The gain would be. So by converting it to a Roth IRA, it converts it to a tax-free withdrawal at some point in the future. So you want to do that for— Well, if you, if you have the cash now, or you can just do for 2000 You have until April 15th to do 2020s. If you had the if you had this money today, we would argue do both years. But if you've got the cash to do it, I would highly recommend that. If you don't, then you want to start doing that— as soon as you have these, the our concern, I'll be real transparent here. Our concern is that retirement's going to come and you're going to have a tough time replacing your income. A very difficult time. I understand. Yeah. So with the right kind of planning, assuming you're going to be working a few more years, the right kind of planning, this, this transaction can certainly help you get you know, nice, secure financially and, and, and get your retirement on track. But you, there's still some work to be done there. I would 100% agree with Pat. I would have it all geared towards uh Yeah, I'd probably have retirement. a portfolio of 60%, 70% equities and the rest bonds and cash. Maybe a little bit of traded real estate investment trust in there. Don't go buy a new boat. Yeah, do not. Right. <laughs> I hear you. Pretend but, like you didn't earn it. And by the way, you did earn it. You just earned it all in a lump sum. You've been earning it for all the years that you worked in this, at this company. And now that the payday comes in. Yep. And for sure, pay the house off first. Oh, 100%. 100%. And then it may, may, may make sense for you to sit down with a qualified advisor to actually make sure that, that you actually pick a date in the future and then determine how much your income needs will be at, let's just say, okay, I'm going to retire for real at age 62 or 63. How much money am I going to need in retirement and what do I need to get there and how aggressive or how conservative my portfolios need to be? And then what tax advantage ways can I get there? One of those ways I can just tell you, it's just, it comes off. The first thing is put as much as you possibly can into your 401ks, then put money into a non-deductible IRA and then convert it to a Roth IRA. And for the rest of the listeners, if you've got an existing IRA, don't do what I just said. Or it's not going to work. Or it's not going to work. <laughs> it's only for those people that don't have an existing IRA that these non-qualified uh, contributions, conversions to Roths work. But this is a great time for you to actually sit back, take stock of when a real retirement date is, and and plan towards that. Did that help, Scott? That's great. I really and appreciate it. Is there it. already a transact? Have you guys already inked a transaction, or is this something that's still in the works? Uh, due diligence phase right oh, now. Oh, good Got for it. you. Yeah. So there's an LOI, a letter of intent out there, and they're in due diligence, right? Are you rolling over any equity? Uh, I don't know if that's going to be an opportunity or not. Got I, it. I was going to bring that up, but I just I don't know at this point. Okay. And it, it depending upon what you're rolling it into, oftentimes it makes a lot of sense uh, for both a deferral of taxes and growth on the portfolio. And you would actually just – Depending on the industry and the company and everything else. Correct. And you would factor that in as a, a stock portion of your overall portfolio going forward. So let's say you rolled over 10% or 70 $5,000, you would actually look at that when you build the models of the portfolio as 100% equity position, highly concentrated. But a good advisor would walk you through that. Great. Very right, good. Thanks, guys. Yeah, glad you called. If you want to be part of our program, 833-99-WORTH is our number. How exciting for him. Yeah, you've been at a company a long time, and you got some transaction happening. Yeah. And, and the idea is people have a tendency to think is this is a windfall. It's not a windfall. You've been working for this for years. It just never, got paid you know, all it's funny. I almost said windfall. Was it? A windfall is when grandma or uh, a, I don't, a, 
a great Someone you don't even know is expecting. Died. That's a windfall. <laughs> That's You've a been windfall. working your butt off of a company for years, and something happens, and you get some pay out of it. That's it's a return. De- it's deferred fruit income. of your labor. Yeah, it's yeah. deferred income. It's not, not, a, not windfall. a windfall. So don't treat it like you won the lottery. I had a. Um, and actually, if you so win the lottery, was, don't treat it like you I was won the talking. Lottery. I was talking to someone about the. We're t- I don't know some stupid lottery conversation. It was my. It was a good. It was a family member's friend, and uh, I said. I said I don't think I, I said I wouldn't want I don't I wouldn't want to win the lottery. I the problem with it is you got everyone in your life knows it's just like free money and that people just start lining up. I said I, I wouldn't want to win the lottery. And she says, "Well, it looks to me like you already have won the lottery." <laughs> is that right? <laughs> and I said, "Excuse you me, you won it." You mean when I when I moved to Sacramento and didn't have I rented a bedroom out of someone's house? It was three hundred bucks a month. There were months I didn't have the three hundred dollars to pay the when you rent when you uh, had to use Toyota a Toyota. F- f- the my engine, engine <laughs> fell out of my Volkswagen Jetta. Yeah, that was what it was. <laughs> my velour interior and my ten year old Toyota Camry that I would use to drive around. The, the engine that? fell out of your Jetta because the motor mounts broke. Yeah. I don't know how to check those things very well, but it might have been a basic fix had I known what a motor mount was. So, so which you I didn't win the, the lottery. You kind of worked for it. Kind of, You yeah. won the lottery growing oh. up in America. Yeah. Right? There's no question. You won the and lottery. while my family wasn't a perfect family, I, I never was... You won the lottery because you were highly educated. You had the ability and to... And I won the lottery. I've got a decent intellect. Yeah, you won the lottery because you're a great business partner. Well, that there's no question. How did I? Leave? I mean, usually when I say my blessings at night, Pat McLean's the first one. Right? How, how can I leave that out? <laughs> well, because you just figure it's so obvious. Like you when, like when I go through the list of things to be grateful for, it's usually Pat, then it's my wife. <laughs> all right, let's get back to calls. Eight three three ninety nine worth is all worth financials number. We're talking to Link. Link, you're with Scott Hanson and Pat McLean. Hey, good day, Scott and Pat. How are you? Hope We're good. Thank you're you. You're having a good day. Yeah, we are, actually. Um, having kind of fun. I have a specific question about a brokerage account. I have uh, about 100 k in a brokerage account, um, invested 20, 80, 20 in, equi- uh, 20 in bonds, I should say, and 80 in uh, equities. And I'm, they're, they're all mutual funds invested. But I'm looking for changing the uh, the equities aspect of it to be uh, using uh, ETFs. Are there particular ETFs that you would recommend? I, I would like to cover like the total market. Okay. Well, it may or may not make sense to. I mean, let's assume for let's assume you bought a mutual fund that, that you paid ten thousand dollars for it and it's worth nineteen thousand dollars today. It might not make sense for you to sell that thing because the the tax you'd have to pay. So even though you might get an ETF with a lower expense ratio, the expense of the tax man on that transfer may or may not make sense. So what is the basis in the equity portion of your portfolio? So you have $80,000 in stocks in equities in the portfolio. What is your cost basis? What did you pay for those? Uh, they're roughly uh, they're split. Forty uh, percent is in uh, U.S. and forty percent in international. Yeah, but but what did you and pay? The, and the cost, yeah, yes. the cost basis is around point uh, zero four. Um, oh no, no, for, that's the expense. The, that's the expense ratio. Your cost basis is how much you invested. So those are the expense ratios. Wait, so let me step back oh. for it, your your mutual fund expense ratios are point zero four. And you want to yeah, sell those to buy ETFs? Why? You're not. You're well, not. I, well, well, I I wanted to be for from a tax from a tax perspective. I wanted to be a little more tax efficient annually because I was using the intent is to use this as you know uh, an annual distribution for vacation, not Got it. for retirement, right? Um, so this is this is strictly for money that would be used within within the next three to five years for vacation. How much will you be taken out of the account each year for vacations? Roughly two percent, you okay. know. Oh, okay. um, a couple thousand more than that. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Then you've got. So, then I'm comfortable with the eighty percent equity. So, so the how much did this eighty thousand? So you gave us a number point zero four, which is the expense ratio on these. Which, Correct. by the way, are they index funds? 
Yes, they are. Well, they are not, both index funds. Okay, so what the idea of going to the ETFs is to create more tax efficiency. Where? What tax efficiency? I, I, I would I would make the argument that it's not worth the exercise. Because the ETFs aren't that much more, or if any more, tax efficient on the index side than they are on. Uh, so an ETF, the difference between a mutual fund and an ETF on the S&P 500 is the ability to buy and sell those shares throughout the day versus at the end They're of the day. They're structured slightly different, but 98% the same. Yeah. So the difference between... And the securities are the same. So if you bought, let's say, State Street S&P 500 or Vanguard S&P 500, Standard Poor's 500, or you bought an ETF uh, S&P 500, the differences between the two is... So negligible. It's, it's negligible. Even the expense ratios are negligible. I mean, if you had $100 million in the account, but the, maybe you'd look at... But the, the difference is you want to buy the Vanguard, you do it at the end of the day, right? For most mutual funds, but some of them have actually changed that you could buy on midday. But they're priced at the end of the day. You buy an ETF, you could buy and sell the thing two or three and times. And unless you want to use ETFs that are actively managed or pick in some sort of sector, which I think fools play, uh, I, I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't change this. Link, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Right? Okay, thank you. I, I appreciate your suggestions. You know and you I know agree that I, I do not, my intent is not to be doing day trading with the ETFs. Okay. It would just be something that, was it's invested forty k for U S forty k for that's international? That's fine. That's fine. It's probably and you're the, overweighted the, a little bit international, in my opinion. But you're not going to hurt yourself there. It's just going it, to the, the volatility in the portfolio is going to look a little bit different. But over the long yeah, term, it's going to react different. the same. But I'll use an analogy. My wife, who I love dearly, thirty five years, she can see inside of the house repainted pretty often. Um, in fact, the house shrinks every couple of years. We've lost like 50 square feet because the inside. How many times have you actually had that inside of the house painted? Six. So six, as soon as it gets six. a few nicks here or there? Yeah, but, but, but the point being is she'll bring in and paint color swatches on the side and say, well, which one do you like more? And I'll say, I can't, I can't tell the difference between this color and that cup. They're the same to me. It, Aren't you colorblind? I'm partially okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> there is that. Bad analogy. But my, you get the point. Like, this exercise of going yeah. through this is is for not. It's for not. Just leave it alone. Okay. Uh, thanks. Thanks again for your time. I appreciate it. Right, and no like worries. I said, this is this is just for you know. Um, you know, we're locked down with COVID. So I mean, I've got a two, couple of years that's piling up here and it's just accumulating. Yep. But in terms of uh, setting up. Um, Automatic distribution uh, uh, annually is is, is is do I need to con contact my brokerage form yes. to have them set that up or can yeah, I do but, that but, online? But, just go but grab better, it when but, you need but, it. But but better yet, just have them issue a checkbook with the brokerage account, and then look to make sure there's enough cash in it. When you want the the money, just write a check to yourself. That's the easiest way to do it, and then you don't have to talk to anyone. Oh, or you can set up, or you can set idea. up an online. You can set up and link your bank account to you it. You can do that. You go online, say send two thousand dollars to my bank account. That, that just make sure you have enough cash in the account. But you you don't want to set up a, a an annualized distribution at a certain time because then you lose flexibility. So either you do it electronically or you have them issue it with a checkbook. Excellent. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Wish you well. And uh, you might own a mutual fund that has. Uh, actively managed, where the manager has underperformed the index the last couple of years, where the expense ratios are somewhat high, and it might make absolute sense for you to keep it and be it would be a big mistake to sell it because of the tax consequences. Yeah, and I can think I'm just what you do first is you stop dividend reinvestment. And g gain reinvestment capital immediately. That's the first thing you do. But I mean. We we probably have hundreds of of hundreds of, of millions of dollars of things that we might would not, not buy today. We would not recommend today or because today. someone joins us, they already have some position in something, or maybe it was a fund that we recommended twenty years ago that has a large capital gain. We don't want to pay the capital gain, and particularly with the way the current estate tax uh, rules work, if we pass away and own a a community asset with a spouse, that property receives a stepped up basis. So 
if you pay twenty thousand for a mutual fund that's now worth a hundred thousand dollars, if you sell it before you die, that eighty thousand dollars of gain is going to be come right through to your tax return. You wait till you pass away. Your spouse inherits. They inherit it just like you paid a hundred thousand. All that capital gain is forgiven. So. Just because you've got something that maybe is not the best performer, maybe it has high expense ratios compared to what you can get on a new ETF today, don't just sell it because... And ETF it, means exchange-traded yeah. fund. It might, it, it, you might have greater wealth owning that thing, and you'll, you'll cause a big tax bill for nothing if you, if you make a change. So anyway, it's something to, to consider before you... Before you just focus on expense ratios. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue on with calls. This is All Worth Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McClain. Having a good time here this weekend. And let's go back to the calls here. Talking with Diana. Diana, you're with Allworth Financial's Money Matters. Hi. Thank you for um, speaking with me. I really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I've been listening to you guys for since the mid to late 90s oh my gosh um, that's about when we started mid 90s exactly yeah exactly when you were just on that one please tell me please tell me you have no savings and just credit card debt don't tell me that please no after 25 years of listening to us (laughs) no i've learned a lot from you i think you'd be proud of me (laughs) we are actually thank you oh thank you um so i um retired about seven months ago and um because I just anyway I didn't like working from home all the time in the with the shutdown and I looked at my finances I figured I could um, afford it and so but so what I'm um what I was calling today for is I'm wondering I know you've always said like when you retire you should have your house paid off, which I do not. Well, for most people, um, they pref- it makes things easier. So that's why we're fans of it. Right. Not for everybody, yeah. but most of the time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then I know you've also said in some cases it might be worth refinancing to lower your monthly payment. If that's right. And getting a new 30-year mortgage. You are, you and are sometimes it makes sense to use a reverse mortgage, so there's no payment at all. So your question is that so, pay down the mortgage? Yeah, so my question is, like, what sort of things should I actually take into consideration while I'm trying to make the the decision, like, whether I should um, just continue with my current mortgage or whether how, I should... How large is your mortgage? It, like, how large is your mortgage? Um, it's not very large. I currently owe um, $104,000. And what's the value of the and home? It's, um, well, according to Zillow, which I know you've got to take that with a grain of salt, but Zillow says it's like 470. And um, how old are you? Uh, 59. And tell us about your other assets or income. So do you have a pension you're receiving? Um, no, I did. Um, I took, um, when I retired, I did have the option of a pension. Um, I took the lump sum and just moved it into my um roll over IRA because I wanted to have the control over my money. And how much money's in the IRA? Um, just a little bit over $1.9 million. Oh. And how much did you earn at your job prior to retirement? Um, when I left, I was making like around one seventy-five a year. Are you married? No. Are you supporting anyone? No. And what other assets are there outside of the IRA? Um, just a little bit in savings, but all my money is in my... And what's the interest in rate my, on the mortgage? Uh, 3.0%. And how many years left on it? Uh, it matures in eight and a half years, but I think I've always paid like a little extra each month. What do, what do you mean matures? Um, is it a 10-year fixed rate or something? 
Yeah, or it was a fifteen year. I refunded. Okay, so oh. it, so what? it's paid off in 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 uh, eight years. I wouldn't do anything yeah. with this. Okay. And how much money are you taking from your IRA to live on an an annual basis? Um, well, I just turned fifty nine and a half, so I just took my very first distribution. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, allow myself uh, seventy two thousand dollars a year. Right. So I'm just taking out. Great. 18000 every quarter. And why quarterly? Why not monthly? <laughs> I've thought the same thing. She obviously is a, a plans or finance as well. Yes. So I just figured, I don't know. I, I just figured it was easier if I just did it okay. quarterly instead of it monthly. It might be easier to set up on a monthly basis. What, what we don't want you to do is when the markets go through a downturn, which they will, and you see the value of this two million bucks fall to one point six or one point five, or we don't want you to think, "Uh oh, I better cut back my income because the markets are down." You're at a distribution level that's comfortable. Yeah, it's less than four percent. When Social Security, if you can live comfortably on this, when Social Security kicks in at age sixty-two, you can lower the distribution even more. Um, I don't yeah, know if I, I mean the only thing I would think if about if you had one hundred and four thousand dollars just sitting in the banking account somewhere, I'd say take it and pay off the mortgage. But you don't. But but so Scott, let's think about this. So if if she's taking out seventy two thousand dollars a year, and you had income for the, you won't have any income this year. You you quit work a few months ago, right? Yeah, last summer. It might make sense to take a little bit more out on an annual basis and pay this thing off over three or four years, depending upon nah, the cause margin they're ta- of tax they're ta- rate. You're pretty much in a lower tax bracket. Yeah. I wouldn't want to push it up. Right. Yeah, that's why I kept it to around. How much is your payment? Ex- how much is the payment excluding taxes and insurance? Uh, 1340 mm-hmm. a month. So, so it's not too bad. Um, I mean, it's not too, it's you not could too refinance this thing into a new 30 year, but I don't think I'd go through the ha- hassle. I think I would just leave it alone. You're living comfortably. Yeah. And once you're living comfortably, the payment isn't a struggle for you. You're achieving your objective. You've done a great job saving. You've got a boatload of money in your retirement account. What you don't have is money sitting outside of that that you can take and throw it against that mortgage. But that doesn't bother us because you're just matching the, the debt yeah. against yeah. the the. Uh, the asset i wouldn't pay any extra on i it. wouldn't pay any extra i know that okay um okay. we don't want you to sacrifice a lifestyle today for your home to be paid off in when seven you years. die who's the money go to um it'll probably go to my um best friend of yeah. we've been best friends for like 50 years yeah so. you know what i'll tell you what so uh listen if you were my client and i i'd say make the minimum payment you possibly yeah. can and at age 70 if you're sure you're gonna live in that house till you're dying or day, maybe even get a, a reverse mortgage at 70 yeah. yeah 65 or 70 yeah so that's the other thing i don't know if i want i love the house itself but i don't know if i want to stay in california because of the financial mess that oh, our kidding. state is in. I've never heard that. Yeah, I, know. Um, I know. This is a news flash for you guys. So Actually, they're not in financial. It's a surplus for right yeah, now. Oh, but. Come on, Scott. The budget is a surplus, but the deficit is... Uh, so I wouldn't do a thing. I, I wouldn't do a thing. I would okay. I would certainly not make any extra payments on it at all. Okay. Um, I Maybe do a third... I mean, if you did a 30-year mortgage payment, you're, you're paying probably like 500 a month. And Not then, counting tax insurance. You know, but would you go through that $104,000? She's going to get the interest rate. It's going to nah, be about the work. same. I'd just leave it alone. I'd leave it alone. I'd leave it alone. Just make sure you... Make sure that you're living comfortably. Yes. Right? Don't, skimp okay. on me. Don't, don't skimp on meeting your friend for lunch because... Yeah, I mean, even if you increase your distribution to $80,000 or $85,000 a year, if it allowed you to live more comfortably... And Particularly between now between and now Social, Social Security... Security which is then you uh-huh. could, your social security will be what, 1800 $2,000 a month? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so take out an extra, you know, $500, $800 a month now to live more comfortably. And then when social security kicks in, lower that distribution by the same amount that your social security. Or another is. way to look at it, take, peel off $104,000, make a separate IRA, have a check. To make that mortgage payment taken care of each. But, uh, you know, that's I, a psychological. Yeah, she's yeah. got. She's got the, the, the. Yeah, I wouldn't do a thing. 
And I think the reason we want to make sure that you've got, you saved a lot of money, right? You're, you're just you. You need to take care of your house is almost paid for. You're in great financial shape. You're living fine without, t- without being on social security. Uh, if you could tell us for certain the day you were going to die and also the oh. day your health might be failing where you're not quite as mobile and whatnot, um, they would, the planning would be really easy, but we need to, it's the balance in between. We might, we might live till a hundred or we might die in the next couple of years. Yeah. If you were, if, if, if so you were, we're right now we're relatively young. I have, I mean, yeah, as long as you're living comfortably, yeah. and if you need more income, mm-hmm. increase this, and and t- until Social Security kicks in, you'll take Social Security at 62, and when Social Security kicks in, then uh, you'll lower your distribution by the amount of Social Security and allow you to catch up on the portfolio. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't worry about the mortgage. Don't pay extra. No, I wouldn't pay extra. That's for sure. All righty, you okay. did great. You've and done great. Thank you. Thank you. I have one other super quick question, if you don't mind, sure. about um, I I. I believe I recall you guys saying that, like, when people retire, um, they should um, m- not have, like, all of their money in equity. I've, I've been 100% in equities up until um, November. And then I took, like, I, I took, like, five years' worth of money out of my You want a job? Fund and- <laughs> Would you like a job as a financial advisor? <laughs> sure. I mean, uh, so no, I mean, you've done it. That's exactly get, the right thing. I'm trying to like manage my friends' money, but they won't let me. Oh, that's a dangerous. <laughs> so you took yeah, out you know. five years of distribution, or approximately 350000 on $1.9 million, out- which puts your portfolio yeah. to about 80 20. Um, yes, I just think I wanted to, I wanted to ask you. I said so I moved the 350 into a um, actively managed. Um, short-term government bond Perfect. fund and that's what i'm going to withdraw my um, yeah great distribution from yeah. is that an okay i i don't because yeah. i've been 100 equities forever i didn't know if like that was a well i mean it's not it's not it's not this is I mean, it's not like we just say this fund's a great fund and that fund's not a great fund. It, we use a variety right. of funds that are designed to work in tandem with one another to accomplish certain objectives. So while this isn't the, the approach that we would necessarily take, I, I think you're, you'll be okay in this approach. I would have actually put a little bit more in. I wouldn't more particularly use that fund, but your portfolio, yeah. right now your portfolio is 80-20, about 80% equities and yeah. 20%. I'd be a little bit, quite frankly a little bit more comfortable at 70-30. I don't know if I would have dropped it all into a particular fund that you mentioned. In fact, I can tell you I would not have. Um, mm. But overall, the portfolio should probably be 70-30. Um, okay. All right. What sort of other fund type would you recommend? Well, I, I, would stick, I would stick my- yeah, I'd stick. On, on the shorter, shorter end of things. But there's also some, I mean, there's some corporates in there that you can get a little. It's, it's a weird bond market, right? Like, junk bonds right now are paying 4%, mm, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't want to <laughs> load up on that. It's okay to have a little bit of the portfolio in that. But I, y- 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 the world is not black and white. There are shades of gray in our world. And what you just did was a black and white move. Um, mm. I think the overall objective is the portfolio should be 70-30, and I would probably use one, two, or three. And the, thing, the, three. Reason, the reason, Pat, says seven, it's, it's just what happens, what happens if we have a 40% market correction in the next 12 months? That's not, I mean, that's within the realm of possibilities. Not yes. that we're predicting, but it's in the realm of possibilities. You have a major market correction, and how is that going to impact your life? That's right. So are you now going to say, oh, I, I better skip that lunch with my friend this week because my, my $2 million account's only worth 1.4. And the reason it's 70-30 is it's just taking a little bit more risk out of the portfolio, which, by the way, you don't need that much risk now. You got to where you're going to go, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so you making more money and allowing your friend to inherit more money at your death isn't going to make any difference to you over the long term. So the portfolio making it a little bit conservative is fine because the direction for the dollars okay. downstream. Yeah, you were wise by taking some money out of the. T- oh, that was, that was brilliant. Per- perfect. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. And whether you're seventy or seventy-five or just it's kind of okay. So. so what other what other funds types could I research? Would, would a corporate. You that I, I would. I'd put corporate, but short to medium term corporates in there. You're going to get a little bit higher yield on them. Uh, and you're going to diversify the risk. 
All righty. Okay. Appreciate the call. Okay. Thank you. All right, thank Diana. You so much. Yeah. Glad you called. Let's continue on here. Talk with Sharon. Sharon, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Yes. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. And um, are you on a speakerphone? Um, I have a headpiece. Do you think I should get this? Get rid of this? I don't know. You sound like you're that? booming. You sound like you're in a, a big room, but it's okay. Whatever. Okay, yes. We'll, let we'll me go just let me just talk on the phone straight. One okay, minute. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> we'll we'll go ahead and wait. <laughs> Good. We need some elevator Does this music. Work better. Oh, there it's we go. So much better. Yes. What can we do for okay. you? Okay. <laughs> okay. Great. So, um, I had a question about funds that I have in my 401k. Um, I have about 500,000 that's split between Fidelity's Contra Fund and Parnassus. And, you know, they, I've had them for about, I guess, 10 years or so. And, you know, no complaints, but I was wondering about, since both of these are large cap funds, I was thinking that should I perhaps be migrating some of the money more to a mid cap or perhaps looking at index funds? So, so you're, kind of you're 500,000, you only own two mutual funds? Um, okay, so yes, I own two mutual funds and then I have a little bucket that my ex-husband manages just on stocks. So if you came, let me say, let's, let, let's share, let's say you um, decide you're going to hire a financial advisor and you went and saw that financial advisor and that financial advisor said, let's take your $500,000 and we're going to, mm, we're going to buy Fidelity, one of these Fidelity funds. And we're going to buy this other two actively managed mutual funds, two mutual funds, us large company stocks. What would you say to that advisor? I really don't know. You okay. Know, you I'm wouldn't not, hire them. Yeah. You would not hire them. So, okay. I mean, the way, the way we would come about something like this, I mean, someone who's got 500000 in a retirement account, the nice thing is there's no tax consequences. So you can sell a fund at any particular time. You don't have to worry about any tax consequences. But would probably have 12 to 14, maybe 15 different positions. It doesn't cost anything. There's no mostly, tax implications. Mostly in index around. funds, but you'd want to. There's some also some, but clearly large cap, mid cap, small cap, a little bit of international. I mean, there's a, a variety of different things. And then there's times you might want a little bit of real estate in there, and times you might want some emerging markets in there. And um, so I, I mean, we would definitely have a different approach than having two in two funds. Yeah. Would you? I would never okay. go to a restaurant that only had two things on the menu. Okay. I was in, in and out last night. There's not much more than two. But you burgers and fries. I know, there. but you could have the burger. You could have it animal style. That's what my kids had animal style. <laughs> right. You could have it with cheese. It's 30 minutes cheese. to get through drive through That in and out is crushing it. That is a commitment to a burger. Something I'm that, already in. I just know where I could go. Scott, that is a commitment. What am I going to do? I'm there. That is a commitment to bad health. My wife was a lot of people would not. My wife was out of town. I am responsible for feeding the kids. That is a commitment. <laughs> Burger, fries, and shakes. Right? <laughs> what, was the AM PM closed? Is that what happened? No, we got the hot dogs the night before at the no, AM PM. No, no, I'm joking. I haven't eaten All right, well, back to this call. Sharon, <laughs> you, okay. those, those two choices, although they may be part of... Uh, the alternative, it, it, it's too small. It's it's too narrow. It's there's your portfolio sh shouldn't be built like that. Okay. Have a uh, you, uh, go talk to two or three financial advisors. Get just get some consultations. Get some some ideas on how to best structure this. Yeah, you can call a firm. Oh. They'll they'll charge you a, a fee to allocate a portfolio. Or they'll just get. Just, but this money's in a four hundred one k, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Are you still working? No, I'm. 73, and I've been retired. Oh, okay. You sound much younger. Okay. I thought you, you were in your 50s early. Um, you, you need to roll yeah. this into an IRA, hire a good financial advisor, pay them their percent or somewhere around there to manage the money. And You'll then be well served. You will be well served. Absolutely. You get the right kind of diversified portfolio. You have required minimum distribution issues you're, you're dealing with, how to best structure that. Yeah, whether you should use uh, qualified distributions to a charity there's so many things. And by the way, you're comfortable giving up control. You allow your ex-husband to manage a portion of your portfolio and in individual stocks. Yes. Right? Wow. 
that's that's comfort. Uh, that's a you, you know that. What a, you obviously have a great relationship with your ex-husband. Or well, I'm sure there's some things she liked about him. Just e- certain things just didn't easier. work. Yeah, sometimes it's easier when it's ex. <laughs> <laughs> All I right, so you need to hire an advisor. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Sharon. You really, I think you'll be just talk to a couple and find somebody you like. Yeah. Make sure they're they're credentialed and make sure they're experienced not, and fee based, not yeah. selling you any product. If they try don't to don't sell, don't buy in an annuity or any. Don't garbage. buy in it. Don't go to the bank and let. Them and don't sell go to someone annuity. who's going to start talking right about investments. The idea is like what? Are, like Sharon, okay, great. They save these dollars. What are we trying to accomplish with them? What's the objective here? How much the income do we need? Do we need income? What well, about the way, retirement distribution? So uh, to follow up on the question on so you. Bring the kids to in and out because your wife's out of town and you're watching them. There's actually, there's lacrosse practice and there's at the same time, and they canceled my 10-year-old's practice, but not my 13-year-old's practice oh, and because, it was because of thunderstorms. So oh. I get an email of the one practice being canceled, but not the other. So when I went to pick up my younger one, the other one's still practicing. So we had about 45 minutes. So we thought, oh, I'll go to in and out. I thought it'd be quick. But it was long. It took about over thirty minutes to get my. Well, and what are you? Fries. What are you making them for dinner tonight? Uh, I think we're. That far? <laughs> I think we're going to dinner somewhere tonight. Like pizza or something. I, I, I barbecued uh, chicken and tri-tip the other night with broccoli and salad and mashed potatoes. Mr. Mom, right there, huh? Huh? And I had made a little leftover chicken. So for lunch, they got chicken with some vegetables. Oh, very nice. Salad. Look at you. Yeah. Looking forward yeah. to when your wife comes home. Oh my gosh, that and we have a puppy too, and. Between the two, the puppy's four and a half months old. It's actually pretty smart. He's mostly potty trained, not entirely. And then if you're not careful, I, I was working. I, I all of a sudden I hear this chewing. I thought he was chewing on a toy. I look. This is like brand new chair that my wife had bought. He's chewing on the leg of the oh, chair. Oh, no. I'm like, that's not going to go well. I'm looking forward to my wife being back. <laughs> House like- is falling apart. <laughs> Kids are gonna have hardened of the arteries. For all know, we're, we're all taking life. We're taking months off our life expectancy while my wife's gone. Yeah, I hope she's having a good time. I mean, you were pretty committed to a, a meal that's not really good for you at the In and Out. It was. It was good psychologically. It was oh, pretty tasty. Who doesn't love the In and Out? I mean, In and Out doesn't get much better. Oh, than that. I got to tell you, I I have to go. I go to a McDonald's about once every eight weeks. I, I are you kidding me? I haven't eaten McDonald's in years. It's just it's this comfort. It brings me back to. Um, yeah, but a Big Mac sounds pretty dang good right oh, now. Yeah. Now you mention it, yeah. I'm going to have one in the next couple of weeks. I made that decision. <laughs> Congratulations! I'm going to start eating more burgers. Yeah, you and you got to you got to eat the fillet of fish too. Cause... No, that sounds disgusting. All right, let's do, let's go to the calls. I don't like fillet of fish. That's disgusting. You How like the fillet of fish, a... family? How could you? It's not even fish, is it? Who knows what that is? It's fish. They... <laughs> Put enough bread and fry. Get enough oil, fried oil in it. Everything tastes good. Have you seen the square fish that swim through the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> Little fins. They just cut the fins off, fry them up. <laughs> Little square fish. <laughs> all right, let's. Uh, we're talking with John. John, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Good morning, gentlemen. Making me hungry. Um, <laughs> wife, wife, and I are uh, selling our primary residence in Cupertino. We moved into our formerly known as a rental. We have no debt. We're going to be getting about 1.8 million dollars into our hands, not tax advantage. There's about 2.2 million dollars in IRAs and Roth and 401ks and such. Um, still working. But trying to figure out what we're going to be, what we should be doing with the proceeds from the sale. So um, you 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 plus, sold a home in right. Silicon Valley, right? Correct. One point eight million. Uh, One point eight million. It's in contract, correct? And, and change, yeah, yes, yeah. We'll close next week, Friday. And what's Hopefully. just just to enlighten the rest of the country? What was that house like? Like how many square feet? How old? Seventeen twenty-seven, forty-seven years old, townhouse, Cupertino. Um, gated community, very quiet near a uh, national preserve. Nice, beautiful, quiet. Nice area. neighborhood, but nothing special, yeah. right? You, you, you want yeah, to? It was, it was, it was special for us. Okay, okay but you, you can find that same Idaho. Community. You went to Boise, Idaho. You'd buy this thing for three hundred thousand. Oh yeah, or less, or less, less. Yeah. much less. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, right. so where are you moving? Once uh, we moved about ten, we moved about ten miles away. We have a rental that um, became available when the when the tenant uh, finalized her divorce, and she said she gave us two weeks, two months' notice. And Got she said, it. "By the way, can we can I move out?" Anyways, so we're happy. We have no debt. We have we're we're comfortable. Oh. We're more than comfortable. 
but we are going to have this money sitting non-tax advantage. Want to figure out, you know, if you were to put it and you want it to be safe, but not too safe, you know, you don't want it to be earning 0.0% in a, in a, four, in a uh, savings account or something. Where would you suggest? How, how old are it? you? 55, wife is 47. How, how many more years till you retire? Uh, did that, tried that, didn't like it, went back to work. And so, uh, so five, six, eight years. How, How's your 401k allocated? Um, pretty much total stock market for the, for the most part. Okay. So here's one of the things that you could, you, you don't have any bond in your, uh, 401k or IRAs or Roth, not, right? No, do not. Okay. Zero. I would build, uh, and what's, what's your family income? Call it 150 a year. Okay. I'd build you've done a, very well. I, you've done great. You've I, done really well. I would build a 50, 50 of, uh, index funds, tax efficiency and muni bond portfolios in the state of California. Scott? Exactly exactly what I was thinking, Jim. Scott, what do yeah. you think? Yeah. Or, um, I mean, you could put a little bond in your 401k. I mean, you're still That's young, right? That's actually a really good idea. You could put, you could fill up the bond portion of that in, in. It depends. Co- it depends. It all is based upon your comfort zone, right? But we could get to sure. the same allocation of 75-25, right? So he's got two million here or and one point the eight there. Split the baby. Put a hundred percent equities index funds in the brokerage account. Or no, because he might use some of those dollars sometimes. But, but increase your allocation of equities in the brokerage account above the fifty percent that we were all just originally thinking, and then add some bonds in your four hundred one k IRAs, however that your retirement accounts. That, so you're still you still end up with that. Seventy-five twenty-five, but you're using the bond and the IRA portion of the portfolio because it's more tax efficient, even than the municipal bonds in your uh, brokerage account. Does that make sense? Okay, but uh, it does. But if we're, we're talking about the non-privileged accounts, we're just talking about money. I know, but we're not. But we're what we're saying is we want to look at the entire portfolio, and if we're saying you might be better off having some uh, other types of bonds besides munis to balance out your portfolio. And the way you're going to want to do that is through the 401k. So look at your total portfolio because dollars are dollars. Just some happen to be in a tax advantage account that have other opportunities than you've got. So in- you're going to get to a 7525 equity to bond, and then you're going to use both the brokerage yep. account and the IRAs to get there. And how you divide that is up to you. Yep. And unfortunately, we're out of time. Thank you for the call. Thanks for being part of All Worth's Money Matters. We'll see you next week. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.